Chapter 16. Boarding School. In the Air and the Kingfisher. The following morning. I sit pouting in my seat, my forehead pressing against the window as the big F.A. vessel takes off from Bosch. I watch as the ground moves away from me. There's no rush of freedom as the vessel lifts into the air. Only a sense of longing as I leave behind the only place I've ever felt at home. I slept for a few hours yesterday after the successful Decal mission. I'd awoken with a start after a dream about Commander Takai Shima, which surprised me, as I could not remember ever having one of those sorts of dreams. Usually any thoughts involving sex and another person in my brain are overwhelmed by the horror of my Bell Coast experience. This was more like the stories the guys in flight crew often regale me with after they have a Friday night fling. Pleasant. I had considered going back to sleep and seeing what might happen, but then looked at my clock and remembered I had a meeting with Teddy and half a bell in his office, likely to debrief the mission. I arrived washed, brushed, and in uniform at the MC's office. Betsy had looked up from her desk and smiled, but then quickly looked down. That should have been my first clue. Well, Master Commander, another successful mission, thanks to my quick thinking. I grinned at Papa as I slid into my usual seat in front of his desk. Sounds like it went well. You got your target out and then some, and you didn't have to shoot anybody. I laughed. Correct, I didn't shoot anybody, but Takai, I mean, Commander Shima, did. Teddy nodded. He looked a bit tired, though I was sure he had gone home to shower and shave and hopefully sleep. Did you get some sleep, Papa? I usually avoid using Papa on base, but I was a bit concerned. He cleared his throat. I'm fine, Kat, no need to fuss. I get more than enough of that from your mama. I smiled, but there was clearly something hanging in the air. I couldn't quite grasp it, though. Teddy cleared his throat a second time. So, Kat, you know we've talked about you continuing your education and gaining cross-cultural experience. This was clearly a rehearsed introduction to whatever was hanging. Yes, we have talked about many things, I hedged. He took a deep breath in, and then verbally sucker-punched me. I've arranged for you to be assigned to one of the Fed ships for a year. You'll be able to see how a large F.A. ship and crew function, and be a part of away visits to a variety of countries and colonies. I couldn't speak at first. Then I countered. But when we said travel, I thought that would be travel with Bosch as my home base. My home? I trailed off. I could feel the tears threatening. Cat. His voice was gentle. You know you can only go so far in a vessel from Bosch. The world is big. This is your opportunity to explore it. Papa. I gasped and tried to control the tears. Have I done something so wrong? I know I'm still hitting too much. Do I have to be sent away? I could feel my heart break and I squeezed my eyes shut and tipped my head back against the high back of the chair as I tried to catch my breath. I was thinking, I don't understand. I've tried so hard to be Bosch. I am Bosch. This is home. I heard Teddy's big wooden-based chair scrape the floor as he came over to me. He took my right hand in his left as he knelt in front of me. Listen, girl, I am not sending you away. I could never. I might as well cut off my right arm as send you from my life. Bosch is your home. This is a one-year assignment off base. Plenty of BPF troopers get those in their careers, but this is also an opportunity to learn and then return home with that learning. 
He was so fervent in his speech. I knew he only wanted the best for me, but to have to leave. My chest tightened and I felt a little nausea creep into the back of my throat. I swallowed. So it's an assignment. Yes, troop, it is. I thought about that. There are off-base assignments, some even as far north as Arania. He had never steered me wrong before, not in four years. Not in all the missions we'd run together and the adventures we shared and the close shaves we negotiated. I nodded and sat up straighter. I had to trust him on this as well. Will it help me be ready to strike Belcoast? I saw Teddy close his eyes for an instant longer than a regular blink. He had tried to talk me out of this. On innumerable occasions, but time had moved on, and people were still enslaved there. I might not have been ready yet, but I had to try to be sure that everything I did moved me closer to being ready. He let out a sigh. The experience certainly will help broaden your view, and you may have success finding allies there. I knew he meant more success than here. My temper kept the creation of alliances low on base. I took a deep breath and looked at the craggy face I'd come to love. Okay, Papa. I gave a wan smile. I mean, Master Commander, I'll do it. That's my girl. You've got more strength than any of us. You'll do fine. He put a hand to my cheek and smiled. Now go pack your bags and bring them to the house. You'll leave with the captain and that Adoan fellow in the morning. I looked at him with shock. Tomorrow morning, but what about- He interrupted. It's all taken care of. I've made arrangements, and your brothers and sister will be at dinner tonight. A little bit of me had closed off then. He'd arranged everything. He wasn't waiting for my consent or even approval. It was a fait accompli. Such a teddy move. I sighed. Okay, I'll go pack. I stood up and returned the embrace Teddy gave me, then walked into the hall. Well, I had thought, at least I'll know someone on the ship. Takai seemed like a nice person. Then I remembered my dream and flushed. A voice pulls me out of my reminiscence. You okay? It's Takai Shima. I look up at him and roll my eyes. You mean why am I acting like a spoiled child being sent off to boarding school? Well, I wouldn't put it exactly that way, but... He smiles. Probably because I am, and that's how it feels. I gave an exaggerated shrug with my hands, arms, and shoulders. Takai laughs. Will the spoiled child allow me to sit next to her? Sure, have a seat. Tell me about this ship I'm being sentenced to. As long as you have an open mind. I laugh. I do like this man. He is kind and funny. And I get a little lost looking at the curve of his jaw that seems to constantly have a slight growth of beard. Oh, and his eyes. Sweet new earth, cat, get a hold of yourself. Okay, okay, attitude adjustment. I make a gesture like I'm using a wrench. Tell me about your magnificent ship that I shall have the honor of living on for the next year. We spend the next two bells talking. He tells me about the Kingfisher, which is the name of the ship we are assigned to, and describes it as modern, efficient, and sleek. And I tell him how I arrived on Bosch and share some of the adventures I have had, and of course, my plan to shut down Bellcoast. Then I show him my arms with my brand and my tattoos, both my original BPF one and on the opposite arm, my pilot-grade tattoo, which is of an airship taking off and heading for the stars. He seems fascinated that I have tattoos. Apparently, they aren't part of polite society in Edo. I don't mention the ones I have on my back. 
I have let Adam have free reign with his art there. I have learned that there are all kinds of pirate symbols, and I love them. You know, at the very end of the old Earth days, people went to space, even to the moon, he says eagerly, looking at the pilot tattoo. I had read a little about that. Wouldn't that be marvelous? Maybe people will again someday. Maybe. He pauses. Can I touch it? Does it hurt? It hurt when I got it, but not anymore. You can touch it. I stretch my right arm out toward him. He runs a finger gently over the design, then two, then three. His head is very near mine. It is a little raised, he murmurs, and his voice is a shade deeper. I find my breath coming a bit more quickly as his fingers move on my arm. Mm-hmm. I murmur in agreement. We look into each other's eyes for a moment. I draw my arm back as he withdraws his hand. We both sit back in our seats and look straight ahead. Should be an interesting year. While the rest of the security force spars and wrestles peaceably in the large open room that has some kind of flooring that is soft and pliable but also absorbs impact, I deal the second big guy in the F.A. uniform a strong uppercut and watch him spin and drop to his knees next to his companion. I decide to add insult to injury. I raise my hand like I'm in a schoolroom. Lieutenant Commander Wilson turns and looks at me. He is just a bit taller than me, maybe five years older, and broad through his chest. He has the barest hint of gray at the temples of his deep brown hair. His eyes are brown as well, and something in his bearing reminds me of a character in a movie I've seen, but I can't quite place which one. To his credit, he looks unperturbed as he approaches me. Yes, Ensign. No, wait, it's Corporal Wallace, correct? Yes, sir, I reply brightly. Thank you, sir. I forgot to ask what the rules were in sparring on an F.A. ship. I maintain military decorum, but there is a smile playing at my lips. Well, Wallace. He looks at his men moaning on the mat. Most of the time, we generally don't aim to reduce our teammates to jelly. Oh, good to know. Thank you for the clarification, Lieutenant Commander. I gave the Bosch salute by clapping my right fist to my chest. F.A. indeed. The Lieutenant Commander looks at me, his face mild. Walk with me. I follow him and step out the metal door and walk alongside the man out of the gym and onto the middle deck of the Kingfisher. So, did that feel good? He asks. It did. I had needed to hit someone after my early morning encounter with the captain when I received my assignment, but I was pretty sure I shouldn't cop to it. Ah, uh, I was pleased to not be the one getting hit. Now Wilson laughed aloud. You know, your reputation precedes you at least among the officers, and after that little display, I think everyone will get the message to keep their distance. My heart sinks a bit. Shit. From the look on your face, I'm guessing that wasn't what you were going for. He turns and leans on the deck railing. Why are you here, Corporal? Why aren't you still in Bosch, being a marauding pirate and selling glitter? I take my cue from him and lean heavily on the deck railing, looking out at the roiling ocean below. You know, I was at the top of my game in Bosch. I knew all the rules and how to get around them. I shake my head. Here, I don't know the rules. Hell, I don't even know what the fucking game is. Maybe that's the point? He looks over at me. I shrug. Maybe. I'm supposed to be learning new things and figuring out how to work in a team. I pause and not hit people so much. I drop my head to the railing. I hear a warm laugh. Well, you are off to a bang-up start. 
How do you figure? I don't bother to lift my head. I expect you've learned something and have developed a clear example of what not to do in a team. He pats my shoulder. The hitting part could use some work, though. By all indications, you don't need any more practice there. I give a short laugh despite the situation. I was just so mad after meeting with the captain. Lieutenant Commander Wilson looks at me curiously. Granted, Vaughn can be a bit pompous, but he is a solid captain. What was the issue? He told me to, I provide air quotes, avoid any personal involvement with my crew that might end in injury. So your response to that was to hit someone? I'm sorry, to someone's? He wears a half smile now, but his eyes are serious. I am sorry, Lieutenant Commander. My hitting days are over, I promise. I put my hands in front of me in a prayer-like gesture. He laughs again and the laughter reaches his brown eyes. We both know that's not true. But if you could just save the blows for anyone threatening the ship, I think we could call it good. Yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. He sighs. So you've been assigned to my security force. And we are headed to the indoor shooting range next. Before I let you in there, I must ask two things. One, can you shoot? And two, are you going to shoot one of my people? Oh, no, sir. Definitely not. I shake my head emphatically. He looks surprised. Is that your answer to part one or part two? I grin. Part two. I definitely can shoot. I take a couple of steps and fire off my finger weapons. But I'm better when I move. I say that for my own benefit. It's from, do you know Butch Cassidy? Wilson interrupts and finishes my thought. I swivel my head toward him. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite old Earth Days movies. His eyes narrow, though he has a full grin. He points over the edge of the deck railing. Prove it. I pause for the barest of a moment, then look over the edge and put my head back in a belly laugh. Are you crazy? The fall will probably kill you. I hear his voice join with mine at probably. He claps his hands together. Is it too much to hope you drink whiskey? Only the good stuff. We both stare at each other. All right, then, he points to me. No more hitting today. And then before dinner, we can watch Butch and Sundance and have a whiskey together. You're on, sir. I give a proper F.A. hand salute, and then the Bosch one. As we walk back to the gym, I consider that it's a pretty good day after all. I'm learning things and getting along with others. The two fellows I decked aside. I mean, I may have made an actual drinking friend in Lieutenant Commander Wilson. And I think I may have what is my very first date ever tonight with Takai. I'm not sure that's exactly what Teddy had in mind, though. Okay, it is definitely a date. Pretty sure. We are waiting for our drinks to be brought over to our table in the OC, the fucking officer's club. Still a bit toolish, but I have liked two of the three officers I've met on this vessel. No, this ship. Takai is chatting about his day and seems a bit nervous, and that makes me a total bundle of nerves. This is not what I do, or have done. I don't even know the rules. Why do people put themselves through this? Wait, did he just ask me something? Shit. What? I asked how your day was, and how did you end up watching that recording with Lieutenant Commander Wilson? Okay, I know the answers to these questions. I leap in, enthusiastically, telling him about my meeting with Captain Vaughn and the subsequent beating I provided to the two innocent security guards, then tell him I've since apologized and my conversation with Dale, that's Lieutenant Commander Wilson's given name, and then my shooting triumph, where I scored the highest and several of the guards asked me, me, for tips. 
And finally, the whiskey and western with Dale, which is where Takai found me this evening. It was a really fucking good first day, I finish. I feel like I pulled things together and I may have actually made a friend. A friend? There is an uncertain tone in his question. Yeah, Dale is such a nice man. We had a rollicking time. Takai looks curiously at me. You know, he's... You're not... Um, the lieutenant commander doesn't spend a great deal of time with women. You mean because he's gay? From what he says, he's not spending near enough time with men. I chuckle and then see that Takai looks taken aback and I give a small gasp. Oh no, I thought people knew. He didn't say not to... Takai jumps in. No, no harm done. We all know and most are comfortable with it. I certainly have no issue. I wrinkle my brow. Most. Why the fuck would anyone care? I'm no longer nervous. Well, it hasn't always been accepted in the Federal Alliance military. Are you serious? I lean forward, arms fully on the table. What a crock. Takai is quiet for a moment, just looking at me. Then he nods. You're right. He smiles warmly at me, reaches across the table, and touches the top of my arm. And to my credit, I only flinch slightly and don't jerk it away. I'm glad you two are going to be friends. I smile and look at his hand. I reach out to lay my hand over his fingertips. I look up. Me too. I pause for another moment. And I'm glad I'm sitting here with you, tonight. I watch as his face warms and his eyes soften and look into mine. I feel his hand turn over and wrap around mine. <laughs>